I was upset. I didn't think I had what it takes. It took a while to admit anything was wrong. Diet and exercise sounded intimidating. But small, easy goals made it easy to start. Every situation is different. There are many paths to victory, but the end goal is all the same. This is the Weight Loss Podcast with Matt and Courtney, a couple who committed to a strategy and lost a combined 100 kilograms. When it comes to weight loss, you don't just need encouragement, you need a strategy. Hello everybody and welcome to episode two of the Weight Loss Podcast. I'm Courtney. And I'm Matt. And we are going to be interviewing Matt today to get to know him a little bit better, which I'm very excited about. I'm going to be asking him a series of questions so we can get to know a little bit more of his background, where he is now, how he's got there through his struggles and achievements and so on. So let's get stuck into it. My body is ready. With the first question. Are you ready? You're excited. I was born for this. Born ready. Lay it on me. He's very serious. He's a very serious lad. Always serious, all the time. So, first question. Question number one. Where were you born and where did you grow up? Well, I was born in Sydney, Australia. I grew up in numerous places in Australia. Sydney, Canberra, Melbourne, and primarily I spent most of my life growing up in Cairns which for those who don't know, is a small city in the tropical northeast of Australia. Very hot. Very hot. Very wet. Very Mm. windy. And in some cases, very beautiful. Sometimes cyclones, right? Yep. Sometimes real good cyclones. Cyclones, jellyfish, all the good stuff. Crocodiles. Beautiful. So that's where you're from. Question number two. Where did you, when did you start putting on weight? When did I start putting on weight? Well, it would be around when I was 13, 12, 13 years of age. I was always a taller child growing up and was a bit of a, a bit of a matchstick when I was younger, the tall redhead. But as, as I got gradually older towards into my teens, I started eating less good food and more food that's more predisposed to putting weight onto someone, so more chips. Rather than having ice cream once a week, it will become once a day, then twice a day. Uh, the the chips and the fries and the burgers would become a daily thing. And so by the time I was 13, 14, I was becoming already the fat kid at school. Then it just sort of ballooned as I got up to about 15, then 16, 17 years of age it really got out of control i was walking around wearing 7xl shirts seven to eight extra large pants 16 yep and that stayed as it was for a number of years i was fairly fairly heavy and fairly large and it i just carried it into adulthood wow beautiful Well, not beautiful, but wow. What were your previous weight loss attempts like? There were none. Uh, I was in denial for a long time, even though I knew I wasn't happy and I didn't like who I was. And I was gradually deteriorating further and further mentally as I got older. I didn't do anything about it. It got to the stage where even when I was diagnosed as a type two diabetic, and I'll share that story quickly now, 
as I was getting into my early 20s, I found myself losing vision in my eyes. So I was sitting closer and closer to the TV because it was getting blurry as I was sitting far away from it or at what I knew were normal distances. And I started legitimately craving sugar where I just couldn't get enough into me. So at the job that I had at the time, I would sneak down to the cold room downstairs in the warehouse and start sculling or at one at one time drinking liters of Coca-Cola. And it got to the stage where I could taste something different in my mouth. My saliva was getting very dry, and but I just couldn't stop drinking all the Coke and my vision was getting worse and I started getting rather ill which was when I went to the doctor. I told the doctor what was going on. He asked me to pee into a cup, as they do. Doctors do, yes. And it came back that my blood sugar was about six times above the normal accepted level, and I was immediately hospitalized and diagnosed as a type 2 diabetic. But even with that, I still didn't find it in me to really want to change it, even though the the specialists at the time said, hey, look, you're 20, 20 whatever it was at the time, 21 years of age I was actually. You're now a type 2 diabetic. You weigh 180 kilos. You've got to do something about this. Otherwise, your lifespan is going to be shortened. That was around 1998 when I was diagnosed with that. I didn't even set foot in a gym until the end of 1999. And that was probably when my first weight loss attempt really started so that was your light bulb moment or well, clearly the diabetes diagnosis was was not enough even to, to to tip you over the edge there because it was another year before you actually did anything so what happened at the end of 1999 to make you think that now is the time to do something nothing because when i first joined a gym i was very haphazard i'm sure a lot of you listening can relate to this I would go once, maybe twice a week if I was really up and about, and I would go and do very, very little. And I would then go home and because I thought I was exercising, I could just go back home and drink Coke, eat chips, have McDonald's, have ice cream. So I actually had that routine for around about a year to two years, thinking that would be enough to change things, which I was mistaken. So as I was getting started getting a little bit more serious thinking hey nothing's changing I should really start to ramp this up I decided to as most people do ramp up their exercise so I built myself up from being an inconsistent one day to two day a week person at the gym what if I tried going seven days a week oh right so from not from not much to everything well and instead of going for half an hour at a time what if I had three hour workouts a day Wow, okay. So I got to the stage where as I was ramping things up in my mind and thinking this is the right thing to do, I would have a 45-minute run to the gym, an hour-long oh. an hour long weight session. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll call it weights, but it wasn't really doing much at all, followed by an hour-long run home. So I was doing that for quite some time, a good another... Actually, I spent about another two years doing that, but I would go home after these insane three-hour sessions and still eat and drink 
whatever. The exact same food. So really changed none of your nutrition habits since the, the diagnosis. It was just decided to do, do, do your exercise. Just do the exercise, but that's what, what really ended up leading to the light bulb moment. Right, which came after well these crazy three-hour gym sessions. It wasn't so much after the three-hour gym sessions. It came about because I thought I was putting in all this effort but was getting nothing out of it. So my mental health continued to deteriorate. I was still, this is, by the time we got to this stage, it was 2004. So I'd spent a good, you know, four years really treading water and going around in circles. It got to the stage where, you know, I'd lost 20 kilos in that four years, which sounds like a lot, but when you're 180 kilos in a 7XL shirt, it's actually not that much at all. It got to the stage where I was so depressed and so terrible to be around because of my mood swings or because of how I felt about myself. I started cutting myself, um, you know, thinking about self-harm, started thinking about suicide because I thought, you know, I'm just meant to be fat. I'm always meant to be by myself and I'm meant to have people judge me. I'm meant to be alone. I'm meant to die alone. And I then started cutting myself and just doing a lot of things, a lot of negative things to myself. And it was becoming a real strain on not just myself, but my family. I would say it was a strain on my friends, but I didn't have the confidence to really leave the house unless I had to. Um, so my family had to, to bear the brunt of me being very difficult to be around. And the light bulb moment came one day after I started a fight with my mum, which was entirely my fault for being moody and depressed and um, threatened to kill myself and was very, very close to doing it. And when my mum was crying, like trying to talk me out of it, and something in my head literally just went pop. And all of a sudden, it just felt like I had this 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 moment wash over me where I just snapped into becoming a different person. So I gave my mum a hug and a kiss, said that I'm sorry, and said that I don't care how long it takes or what it takes, I'm going to turn this around and be the best that I can be or I'll die trying. That was the light bulb moment, and that's the moment where, to me, it felt like I went from what I used to be to who I am now, and that's where it really started. So how long did it take from then, from your light bulb moment, to really reaching your goal? Okay, so at the time, my goal was very, very simple, or goals. I didn't want to be fat, and I didn't want to be a diabetic. Very good goals. So that was mid-2004 when I had that, that light bulb moment. So I went about gradually changing the way I was doing things. I started talking more to my instructor at the gym because back then personal trainers were a novelty at best and a rarity. But back then was when you had the small community gyms, you'd get to know the owner, they could help you. So I started talking to, to the instructor and the owner at the gym who gave me some real good advice which involved, hey, how about stop doing these three-hour-a-day sessions? How about breaking it up and just doing one thing on each day? So I started doing that. I'd have my weights days. I'd have my cardio days. I'd even have my rest days. Rest days. Yep, rest days. And I then decided it was also time to make the obvious common sense choices 
Mind you, I was nowhere near being a PT by then, but common sense dictates if I'm going to eat food that is plant-based or a vegetable or lean meats or fruits or nuts, I don't know exactly how good that food was for me at the time, but I'm sure it would be better than hamburgers, chips, alcohol, Coke, soft drinks. Yeah, exactly. So I started gradually doing these things um, over a period of time and all of a sudden, because I I stopped thinking about what I was doing in terms of, oh God, this needs to go faster, I just went head down, bum up. And within two and a half years, people literally didn't recognize me. So I'd gone from 160 kilos down to about 110. And I went from the 7XL t-shirts down to large and that's also when I had uh, the good news from the doctor because of the blood sugar readings that I was taking with what I was eating all my blood sugar was under control so I no longer had to take diabetes medication or prick my fingers a couple of times a day to take my blood sugar reading so two and a half years is the answer to that question excellent so during that time what kept you motivated uh, I made a promise to my mum, who I'd put through a lot of suffering, as well as myself, obviously. I just kept doing what I knew I had to do, and I wouldn't accept anything less than the outcome that I wanted. Mm. So for me, personally, motivation wasn't an issue just because I'd spent the previous four years treading water, and the previous 20-something years to that, I'd spent very, very unhappy, and that just... That wasn't good enough. I wasn't going to go back to that ever again. So what kept me motivated was just making a promise to someone that I love and to myself and just a an obsession to find out what the best version of me is. So you think that the mistakes you had made in the years leading up to you having really snapping into it, the mistakes you had made really helped you once you'd snapped into doing it properly. Oh well, keep motivated and push you forward. I'm not the mistakes. Mistakes are good because they're they're a learning opportunity. It's on on one hand, I look at it as yep, okay, mistakes were made. I did waste a lot of time that could have been used more productively. But this, it is what it is. Yeah, beautiful. So, what has been your biggest struggle along the way? So has it been food, exercise, temptation, confidence? I think there's been two main struggles. The first one initially was the struggle of getting my butt down to the gym and exercising because I'd gone the first 20-something years of my life being very lazy, just sitting on the couch playing video games and, and eating terrible food, to then try and turn that into... A, a regular habit of movement for me was not easy because I was used to being lazy and in some ways I still am lazy. I just, <laughs> that was my first real struggle where since then, without question, the biggest struggle I've had has been complacency. Right. Whenever, whenever I, I can't allow myself to think I'm king shit and top dog because then you tend to take your foot off the pedal. That's a good one. And without realizing it, things go backwards and you don't realize it until usually it's too late. So at the start, it was just getting exercising. 
after that, it's been complacency. That's a good one. And I think that one affects a lot of people. I know it has me as well. So the big one I want to ask you as well now, since we've heard about a lot about your past, is what are your goals now? Well, things are very different now. So as I like to tell people, when I, when I first started, all I wanted was to not be fat, not be a diabetic, and just to find out what the best version of me could be. My goal was not to be a gym owner or a PT or a coach. My goal certainly was not now as I am to be a trainer of personal trainers. That wasn't that was the furthest thing from my mind. So things things have evolved and things have changed. So my goal now is still to find out what the best version of me really is. And I don't think that will ever change because I've learned that the more you get, the more you want. And in terms of me trying to avoid complacency, I'm always pushing and expecting more of myself. From a career perspective, it's very, very simple. My goal is to help as many people as I can go through the life-changing process that you and I have gone through because that's what still gets me up in the morning to do what I do, no questions asked. It's it's like a novelty that never wears off when someone says, Matt, you've helped me. Thank you so much. That is life affirming. The best feeling. Yeah. Uh, so now that we're doing this podcast together, it really is to be able to reach as many people as possible and connect with as many people as possible and just help them and help them achieve things that they are struggling with or can't do by themselves because that feedback is it just makes me get up in the morning. How has your success affected your relationships? Well, it's allowed me to have relationships because when I was younger, I was deathly afraid of women, of people like you. Whenever I would have <laughs> a conversation with a female uh, at work, I couldn't look them in the eyes. I would always look down or look away because I always felt that I was being judged or being looked down upon because of the way I looked. Um, it, My friendships were very strained just because I wasn't good to be around. Same with the relationships with my family where some days would be good, some days would be, let's call it less than good. Less than good. Um, stressful. Very, very stressful. I can relate to anyone out there that goes through those teary moments and those meltdowns. I've had plenty of those. So in terms of how it's affected my relationships, it's allowed me to have them both in terms of with my family, with my friends, with new friends that I've made, with you now, my wife, uh, with people in general. I've just now got the confidence now to be able to engage with people, whether I've known them for 10 years or for 10 minutes. So it's just allowed me to interact with humanity, which is a really cool thing. Yes, it is. And how has it affected your career? Well, like the last question, it's allowed me to have one. So I struggled a lot. Part of my laziness led to me being unemployed for some time when I was younger because all I wanted to do after I left high school, was sit at home, collect benefits from the government, play video games, drink alcohol, and eat hamburgers, which I did for some time. Uh, As I started getting work, eventually, when I got off my butt to get work, it was a struggle, 
because I was just a a, a motiv- unmotivated, lazy, sad sack. Just very, very bad to be around because of how I felt about myself. It projected out onto others. So I never smiled. I never laughed. I was just a permanent frown, which is not a good outward impression to have with other people. And that includes people who are potential employers who can help you succeed along a career path. So as my confidence in myself grew, it allowed me to have a career. So I started getting into graphic design, uh, working in retail. I then had the confidence to go and work in the construction industry which was a really, really good move because I loved what I did. I was able to you know, make a lot of, of great friends and just develop my skills as a contributor to a business and a contributor to society. And obviously it's led me to where I am now where like yourself, personal trainer, coach, a mentor to other personal trainers and now a podcast host. Podcast host, yep. check. So next question, if you could give your younger self any advice, what would it be? I love this question. That's that's a big question. My younger self, any advice, what would it be? Jeez. Uh, I know, big question. It's good. Don't be so hard on yourself. You've got it within you to turn it around. Mm, good one. Actually... You know what it would be? Don't wait so long. Ah, good one. Don't stay unhappy thinking this is your lot in life. Get off your backside now and start doing it and prove to yourself what you're capable of. And if I can also answer a question you didn't ask, the advice I would give my older self is don't get complacent. Yes, in later years. What uh, what big piece of advice would you give to anybody who might be listening or anyone who came up to you in the street and just said, what is the one piece of best piece of advice you could give someone just starting out wanting to make a change? Don't do it by yourself. Support is key. Yep. Surround yourself with people that will support you and push you to be a better version of yourself. Surround yourself with people that you can be accountable to because I know that the vast majority of my journey early on was done by myself and it was a very hard, lonely path. I would say to anyone else out there, don't do it by yourself. Find other people that you can you can relate to and that can help you along the way and you'd be surprised at how fast and how much you can change and grow and develop. So find other people, find support through a gym? A gym. Well, now with social media, because when, when yep. I first when I first did my, my weight loss journey, social media, well, there was MySpace. Uh, anyone that's old enough to remember MySpace. Uh, MySpace was out there, but I was in no shape or didn't have any sort of confidence to put myself out there online. Um, so I would say leverage the support groups that are on social media, leverage the, the people around you, get yourself involved in the community. Go and find a gym that has people there that you can really connect with and relate to and put yourself in the mix with with people that are like-minded. Yeah, it's a massive factor. Support is a huge factor. Well, I think that that's all the questions I had. 
that was that was me. Is there anything that I want to ask you? Actually, I want do want to ask you one final question. Is there anything that you think everyone should know about you that we haven't covered in these questions? Does being a redhead count? Well, I know they can't see you, but <laughs> you didn't have to say it. <laughs> anything they don't don't know about me that they should? Yeah. I think um, we've covered everything. I would say they're going to find out along the way. Yeah, yeah. That's why I think we kept it to a to a good amount of questions. It was great to hear a little bit about the past and where we are now. So that's it for us for this episode. Thanks for listening. Remember that you uh, can send in for some feedback, some questions. We'd love to hear them. Anything that you'd like us to answer, anything, any topics you'd like us to talk about. We're going to be reading some of your emails out in future episodes. So you can email us at podcast at theweightlosspodcast.com. And yeah, make sure that you send us some feedback. We'd love to hear it and we will catch you next time. See you then. Get more free tips, listen to previous episodes and contact Matt and Courtney at theweightlosspodcast.com.